Seek and Destroy, Metallica, as always. Um, I play that song because on this show, my goal, my motive, and what I hope to impress upon you, and it's been this way for going on four years now, is to seek out and destroy corruption. I don't care if it's the Democratic Party, the Green Party, the Republican Party, a Libertarian, whatever you you identify yourself as being. fact of the matter is we all identify ourselves as being an American. You need to agree to disagree. You need to have democratic laws, and you know, and you need to honor You need to honor the results. You need to honor the results. But <laughs> I'll get into this up real quick before I bring on Ian Smith. And Ian Smith is a small business owner in New Jersey uh, that has defied governor orders uh, and remained and, and kept, his, uh, kept his gym open. So we'll be bringing him on uh, momentarily. I just ended with Darlene Swaffer, District 22 candidate in the state of state of Florida. If you're not familiar with her, look into her. Look into what she's doing. She's a strong woman, and she's moving to keep your civil rights intact there in South Florida. Okay, and she used gun ownership as an example. All right, she talked about the Second Amendment. And she's talking about. Uh, she talked about a local bill there uh, to Florida that aims to disarm veterans uh, or military personnel. I think is is what how it was written. Uh, that's uh, that's frightening. Okay, to me that's frightening. Uh, I personally uh, don't believe in violence. Okay, I don't I don't believe in violence. It just so happens that I never joined the military because I. I I, look, during my lifetime, I never felt inclined enough to go fight for this country. Because we, we had, during my lifetime, we, we had, when I, was, when I was of age to join the military, we had 9-11, then we had uh, troops going into Iraq and Afghanistan. So that would have been my kind of window of opportunity to join the military, okay, and defend the country. But I wasn't willing to go overseas to defend a banking system. Because that's basically what it is and what it was. And that's what we're dealing with, folks. Okay? You storm my shore, I'm going to defend myself. You come to my house, I'm going to defend myself. So I fully support your right to defend yourself. As I support my right to defend myself. These things are being eroded. Now, can I understand why Pelosi might want to disarm military personnel? Not really. I can understand why she wouldn't want guns to exist in the first place. I can understand why she wouldn't want anybody or any country to go to war. I can understand why she wouldn't like fighting, physical fighting. But, you know, that's not a world we live in. We live in a world where 
a nuclear bomb was dropped on the Japanese and destroyed millions of people's lives. Okay, that's the world we live on. We also live in a world where Pearl Harbor was attacked. Right? We we live in a world where Jews were thrown into encampments and burned alive. That's the world we live in. So this planet that we occupy as a species isn't one that is peaceful and harmonious. So, no, I don't understand the ideology to take away a military personnel's weapon. No, I do not. Now, I understand the UK, those police departments do not have weapons. At least they didn't a couple decades ago when I went there. Uh, they had nightsticks. They had bobby sticks. They didn't have guns. Okay? I mean, you know, you can, you're, <laughs> you're already disarming police departments. Seattle, defunding. Minneapolis. Movement to do that. I mean, Portland. I, I mean, this is mayhem. This is chaos. And Darlene Swaffer in District 22 aims to make sure that you in South Florida remain safe and have law and order. And she used the example of her brother. Being, this is prior, a conversation she had had with him prior to 9-11. Talking about, um, uh, talking about, and she used the word evil, talking about, well, he used it evidently with her, talking about the insecurity on the New York streets that the average person would just take for granted. And I'll tell you this right now. This country is under attack there are forces that are amongst you as Americans that aim to dismantle your country. And they're doing it right under your nose. So you take sides politically. Do whatever you want. But me, I'm going to stand up for my freedom, my justice, my liberty, and those rights I've inherited from the forefathers of this country, and I will fight for them. Okay? Uh, physically, if I have to. But I think we are smarter than that, and we can move past that. Uh, and that's why we've got issues here with these masks, and we've got issues with these vaccines that are just coming down the pipeline. All right? So you can catch Darlene's opinion on that. Get her voted there in South Florida. Get her into that seat. We're going to be bringing on Ian Smith here momentarily, a uh, small business owner in New Jersey that has had the strength to defy the governor's orders. Okay, This is an economic issue, folks, and I want to, um, I want to urge you to read a recent piece. It's an opinion piece that I wrote and published to Medium yesterday, and by the way, Freedom Reserve, No More Lies is my book coming out. It's due to release in October. Publisher is Trine Day. You can pre-order it right now at barnesandnoble.com. All right. But I just published an opinion piece yesterday uh, to Medium. And what I snuck in there, what I basically went after was urging readers. And I know quite a few, quite a few people have now read it. But urging readers to... Consider the economic ramifications of uh, of this COVID nineteen lockdown, and 
Sorry about that. Uh, think about the dollar. Okay, think about think about how these movements happening in the U.S. right now, destroying the police department. This is this is all centralized ideology, a centralized ideology, a centralized ideology. <laughs> goes away from giving you independent rights as an individual. Um, a centralized ideology basically gives a small percentage of the population the power and control, and then the rest feeding off of that percentage. So it's that percentage is mandating what you eat, your way of life. You no longer have freedoms and liberties as an individual human being. And what I argue in that opinion piece published to Medium is that if a microchip, and Microsoft does own this patent, Microsoft has a cryptocurrency patent to run off a microchip connected to a human being. This is fact. It's miswritten in the article, but I'll, I'll mention it right here. It's W O two zero two zero zero six zero six zero six. That is a patent number. It's an in-depth slave system that is the ultimate goal. Whether that's, whether that's implemented in the next... 10, 15, 20, 30, 50, 100 years, that's what's being unrolled right now. And taking away your little freedoms is inching that small percentage of people closer to obtaining that goal. And if they don't obtain it, then their offspring will obtain it. And the companies that they form will, 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 will obtain it, i.e. Rockefeller Foundation. Yeah, we know Nelson's no longer living. We know David just passed away a few years ago. But his heirs... And the members and shareholders of that foundation do remain living. So, talking about the Rockefeller Foundation, and we have Ian Smith standing by. Public and private U.S. intelligence agency associated with the Rockefeller faction now control virtually all manufacturing of voting equipment in the United States. That was published in 1976, folks. You think there's a voting if, uh, issue in this country? It's not new. And the Rockefellers were knee deep in it, just like they were knee-deep in the Zika virus that broke out in Miami in 2016, just like they were knee-deep in the pesticide used to combat that virus in 2016. Yes, naming both virus and pesticide, Nailid is the vi or, uh, Zika is the virus and Nailid is the pesticide. And here we've got that same foundation involved in voting machine manufacturing. You can find that article, the link to that article, right on my publication of yesterday at Medium. Uh, and the title, again, is New Frontier in Tech, Your Body. Your Body. And they're starting by manipulating it by forcing you to either shut down your business or forcing you to wear a mask. Doesn't that hamper your oxygen intake? Me, personally, I'm opposed to mask mandates. Hey, you want to protect yourself against the coronavirus? You think you're going to catch it? Put a mask on. Put a hazmat suit on. Do whatever you want. Stay in your house all day. But don't control the way another person lives their life. Because this oxygen is not owned by any one. It's anybody's right to breathe that oxygen. They want to breathe in the virus, let them breathe in the virus. Okay. 
All right, bring on Ian Smith here. Ian Smith is a small business owner. He owns Atlas, excuse me, Attilus Gym. Let's see what the definition of Attilus Gym. He's a co-owner, I believe, of, 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 of that gym in New Jersey. Bringing him on right now, Ian Smith. This is discussing the truth, folks. Hello. Ian, this is uh, Ian Trache. Welcome to Discussion of Truth, sir. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, well, you know, I have been better, but I'm not bad, and, I, and I'm doing even better uh, speaking to another person that I know ex uh, in, in the United States that's going to stand up for the rights for listeners, and that would be you and your business, and, and your, your, the co-owner of your gym. Uh, if for listeners, Ian, just give a quick background on uh, who you are and, and what you do. Back in, in March, we were told by the, uh, the governor of New Jersey to shut down for 14 days. Uh, and that 14 days, the purpose of that was to flatten the curve. So we, we adhered to that. We listened. Um, we weren't excited about it, but we did. 14 days quickly turned into three weeks, turned into four, turned into five, turned into six. And right about six weeks, uh, things started going very political. Um, and even before that, you know, we smelled smoke and we knew that there was fire and you know, there was. Um, and we, we spent those first six weeks watching everything that was going on, assessing the situation, uh, creating a plan to get back in business um, for when we would be uh, we would be allowed to reopen uh, because we knew it was going to be very different. So we spent all that time sort of working, working, working. And um, at the six-week mark, we decided we had had enough. There was no assistance and there was no plan being put forth to, to move forward. Uh, so we announced very publicly that we had a plan, uh, and we had a very good one, a 15-point safety protocol uh, that included temperatures at the door, contact tracing, uh, disinfectant bottles for every single person who walked in the gym with Ecolabs 140, um, so on, so on, so on. Uh, the list of stuff that we put into place was extensive uh, and, and really probably overkill. Um, but we announced it publicly because we wanted to work with the government. Uh, we let the local township know what we were doing. We let the local PD know what we were doing. We weren't going to blindside anybody. This wasn't about open defiance. This was about presenting a plan that could work for not only our business, but for every small business to be able to operate safely and responsibly um, and not have to worry about going out of business. So uh, that got national media attention, and on May 18th, we opened our doors to a crowd of several hundred outside uh, and a line wrapped around the building, people ready to work out. Uh, that week went uh, pretty well, some ups and downs. Uh, we got citations, uh, numerous citations. Um, some of our members got citations. One of our members got arrested. We got a health department shutdown uh, that, you know, in which a health department official has never stepped foot inside of our building at that time, nor have they ever even contacted us. Somebody just walked up in the middle of the night and slapped a sticker on their door and basically said, you're closed because of coronavirus. Um, and then from there, uh, at the end of that week, uh, there was a court order shut down uh, by a judge named Robert Lugi, who happens to be Murphy's right-hand man and pretty much signs off on everything that he wants him to do. Um, so we continued along with that. Um, and on Friday, they came and locked our doors on us. They actually physically changed our locks and locked us out of our own private property. Uh, and as well as uh, another business inside, we have a, a, a separate nutrition store, which is an essential business or was labeled as such. Uh, we were locked out for about three weeks. We finally got the keys back through a court order. 
um, because we had the essential business. We were asked not to open inside, uh, and we agreed only so long as uh, we would wait until we were heard in federal court. Um, federal court never came. The judge actually abstained from the ruling and said that he didn't want to make a ruling on it because we hadn't done enough to exercise our rights. Uh, and then beyond that, we decided that we were going to open inside once again because the, court, the, the judicial system was failing. You know, Murphy, uh, Governor Murphy, when he, when he wants a court hearing, he, he literally gets it the same day. There's been motions filed against us at 8 o'clock in the morning, and we had court at 4 o'clock that night. Uh, and we were going on two months at that point not seeing a judge, not having uh, even anything remotely close to a hearing. Um, so from that point, we opened it up back inside. And about three weeks later, we got a contempt of court charge. Uh, we got two of them. The first one we beat. The second one we didn't. That contempt of court charge uh, gave them, uh, I guess, the ability to come lock us up and, and change our locks. Uh, and because they changed our locks the first time, we took our doors off of the hinges. Uh, and yeah. for about two weeks now, my business partner and I have been camped out inside the gym uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week without leaving. We sleep here, we eat here, and we work here. Uh, and we will not leave unless you arrest us. Um, and they did that on, I'm losing track of days. I guess that was uh, two weeks ago now. They finally came and arrested us. They boarded up our doors, uh, arrested us on charges. Right now we have 24 charges altogether between Frank and I. Um, but they arrested us, hit us with some, some low-level charges um, just to get us out of the building. And then they barricaded our doors shut with plywood uh, and later that week we kicked them down and resumed operations and that's where we're at now uh, last night the township of Belmar uh, with pressure from Governor Murphy uh, voted by a five to one decision to revoke our business license um, that hearing was an, was an inappropriate and illegal hearing because they faced their decision off of two things or one thing uh, that has two major issues they said that we broke the law um, now, we have open criminal charges that have yet to be litigated, uh, so we have not actually been found guilty of anything. So um, we didn't break the law, at least not yet, um, but they, they used that as reasoning enough anyway. And in addition to that, because of those uh, cases being open, we were not able to even defend ourselves uh, in case that we may say something that may cause a, uh, a guilty verdict. Uh, so as of right now, we, uh, we had our business license stripped, and we're, we're, still, we're still here. And are, are, are you open as a business? Are people working out inside the gym? Uh, we are. Our facility is open. We will, and we will not be we, – we put out the, the offer, uh, and we will be asking for the information in court. Uh, if, if any government official can show us the science uh, that proves that the gym is a more dangerous place than, say, a martial arts studio, a strip club, uh, and all these other places – uh, and in addition to that, if they can show that these places can open safely and a gym cannot, we are more than happy to shut down. Uh, but what we've seen is government officials just saying things um, and making them true because they're government officials. They're not putting forth any proof. Um, so until you put forth some, some conclusive evidence, that is a, a violation of due process. You cannot come to my gym and tell me that I have to shut my business down. I have to end my ability to feed my family. Right. Um, but I still have to pay all my bills without due process. If you can show me, or if you can show us that the gym poses a threat, we will happily shut down. But they have not shown that, and they will not show that because that information doesn't exist. Ian, uh, $24 a month is enough, I would think, for a lot of gym goers out there to, to, 
to go to you and support your business. Um, are you renting the space or do you own the space? And if you're renting it, what does the landlord say? The landlord says rent is due on the 15th of every month, just like it's always due. Um, you know, he supports us, you know, but he's got good, he sure, his money, I guess. Um, but you know, there's no, we didn't get any, any breaks. The only, the only break we ever, we got, uh, out of any COVID was Comcast comped our bill for, uh, for our phone and internet for about two months. That was, that was the only, um, assistance we got. No assistance from the government, no assistance from our landlord, anything like that. Although he does support our, our fight to stay open. Well, you become a national story, and it almost seems like the the Phil Murphy is it Phil Murphy, the governor there? Um, yes, it is. It almost seems, and, and by the way, I don't know what party party line you stand on. I try to stay neutral, but it just so happens to be uh, for listeners out there, he is Democrat, and, and so is the uh, mayor of. Well, we're talking about mayors, but Portland, Chicago, some of these areas with massive civil unrest, those are also under Democratic leadership. Uh, I don't. I don't take political sides. I try to try to avoid it, but uh, but I do look at uh, uh, I do look at parallels. Um, this is happening under Phil Murphy's watch. Why is it that that your business was targeted? Um, you know, we Frank and I uh, were not political people uh, before this started. You know, Frank Frank often jokes that he thought uh, the blue states were the ones that are bordered by water and the red states are all the ones in the middle. Yeah. That's how, that's how much we, we didn't really care before this. Um, and I, I, it shouldn't be political, but whether that's, uh, intentional or not, somebody made it political. Uh, because when you, when you look around, like you said, when you look around at, at all these, um, these left leaning, whether it's governors, whether it's local officials, um, they're all pushing the same agenda, um, and they're they're not willing to compromise on us. They're 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 going against the grain. They're um, and they're 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 taking a hard stance on it. And it's you know I I, I didn't sign up to get in politics, uh, but here we are. And you know I, I also I'm I'm middle of the line. And when you come down to, to your typical political issues, I zigzag back and forth across the left and the right. You know, um, kind of all the way down. Uh, I'm as much of an independent voter as as I can get, but um, it's 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 hard to say that way because what you're seeing with not all, but a lot of a lot of these uh, you know left leaning leaders or elected officials, I should say, uh, they're taking a hard turn to the left and they're going really really left. So it's getting hard to identify with what they're doing and the policies that they're putting in place, um, and it's just not making a whole lot of sense. You know, it, it's, again, you know, when you smell smoke, there's fire. And uh, this smells like this smells like political warfare that the middle class is the ransom in. And it yep. feels like we're stuck in between two sides. Um, one that, that seems very, 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 very determined um, to make sure the election goes their way. Um, and that that. The economy, I think, is a huge part of that, and I think the stability of the country is, is a huge part of that. And it's 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 scary thinking that 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 at least that there's a possibility that people are acting in malice here, you know. And I, I think in a best case scenario, a lot of these politicians are are acting extremely selfishly, uh, and I think in a worst case scenario, they're acting in malice. Um, I, I don't claim to know what that is, but when you start taking a look at these policies. 
um, it's really hard to look at them and make sense of them because they don't. Ian, who are you, you've got? You've been slapped with. So it sounds like the local police department there is enforcing uh, the governor's order, and they're 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 citing. They're hand, they've handed out cite, citations. You were you were you were arrested. Those costs uh, plus legal fees. Uh, you've got a lot. You got a lot of high costs going on there. Um, you know, other listeners uh, maybe in jurisdictions or counties or cities where the police departments saying, "Hey, even though even though the city council or the mayor's uh, mandating these things, we're not going to enforce them." Uh, you know, so you're hearing you're you're hearing kind of both sides of the equation. Who are some of the local people or even national people that are stepping in to defend you, Ian? Um, you know. We uh, we've gotten we've gotten support from all over the place. Um, I, I wish it was more from from politicians, especially local ones. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Rick Maida, who is uh, running for uh, Senate against Cory Booker, has been extremely helpful. Um, although because he's not in office yet, there's not a whole lot he can do other yep. than just kind of put his support behind us. As far as elected officials, we haven't had, we haven't been contacted by any of them. Um, and Frank and I are, are busy fighting this fight, and it's it's you know there's not enough hours in the day, any any day you could you could make the day 48 hours, and there still wouldn't be enough time to get done what what we have to get done every day. Um, so we don't have the ability to reach out to them, or it's it's not not at the top of our list. And you would think that that somebody would reach out by now, but they really haven't. Uh, we've been contacted by some some notable people uh, like Dan Bongino. Um, okay. Has thrown his support behind us um and we're we're chatting with him on you know possibly getting together and and you know um seeing seeing what kind of support he can throw behind us um and, and we'll see from there you know and and we we've been contacted by some other people as well um you know some lawyers who are who are connected and stuff like that but you know what it, what i what i think it really takes is is forcing these politicians to come to the table you know, we, we've, we've extended the invite and we'll continue to send the invite. Sit down and show us the science. You know, that, that's all I ask from Governor Murphy. If you're going if you're going to tell me to shut my business, let's sit down and let's have a good, honest discussion about it. Because in the end, good ideas will always prevail and, and good science will always prevail. If we sit down like adults and really try to work at this problem, then I think that we can find some sort of common ground. But what you're seeing is, is is an unwillingness to work with the people, and I think that's fundamentally wrong. And I think that's pretty scary when the, when the government forgets the fact that it works for right. and with the people. Not these people are not rulers; they are not kings and queens. They are elected officials, um, and they are elected to do a job. They are not elected to decree law uh, in the way that you see these people just just spouting out executive orders and then weaponizing public organizations like the police and the health department uh, to enforce them. That is, that is not the way that this country is set up to run. And yet somehow here we are. Right. We're in a, we're in a tyrannical situation in many regards. Um, yeah, I know, I know I saw the interview with Chris Cuomo, CNN. I know he's a, an avid gym user. I uh, personally met him in Miami, a few years ago, uh, but he he didn't seem to throw much support your way. Uh, did that surprise you? Um, you know that that interview actually went better than um, than I thought it would. I you know I, I I don't know Chris other than than our conversation that we had. Yeah. Um, 
and we expected it to be a little bit more combative. Um, what I will say is that Chris was very fair in his questioning. Um, you know, the questions he asked were good ones and they were legitimate. They weren't loaded. Um, they were straightforward. And I think that they were very honest and, you know, he didn't, he didn't say much in support of us other than the fact that he, you know, he ended the conversation and he didn't have much of a rebuttal to the statistics that Frank had rattled off. Um, right. You know, right. Kind of just left, he kind of just left the conversation saying that we had a good case. You know, he didn't, he didn't agree. He didn't disagree, but he did acknowledge the fact that we have done our homework that we do know what we're talking about. Um, and I think that that's, I think that that's a, 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 a win for everybody, you know, because it's not about, it's, it's, it's about coming together and working together to solve uh, an issue on a problem that we, we've never quite had before. We've never been in this situation. This is very much uncharted territory. Um, so I, w- I was happy with the way the interview went. You know, like I said, it would have been even better if he was like throwing his full support behind it. Yeah. But you know, I think I think that it went relatively well, all things considered, um, especially because most of the media attention that we've got on the national level has been uh, right leaning. You know, so I was I was definitely expecting um, something quite a bit different yeah. uh, from him. So I'm thankful for that interview and I'd be happy to go back on CNN or any of the uh, the more left leaning um, media outlets anytime, because I think I think what's important is that we, we establish some understanding um, among all of us, because at the end of the day, whether you're on the left or whether you're on the right or whether you're in the center or whatever, we're all Americans and we're all in this together. And it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about coming together and creating a plan to move forward and to get back to life. You know, we, we can't just continue to shelter in place forever. That is not a workable solution for public health. Um, so we need, we need to start having the conversation on, on what, what public health looks like, um, and and you know, I think that's I think that's important. Right and now, uh, Ian, in your gym are uh, are are uh, gym goers, our clients, are the people, the customers that are working out there. Are they wearing masks? Uh, masks are optional. Um, the studies studies are pretty clear that the, uh, the the cloth masks are almost entirely ineffective. Um, but anybody who, who wants to wear a mask is certainly able to. Uh, when you're working out, you should not really be wearing a mask. Um, but we leave that up to our, our customers. And we have um, in our facility, we have what's called a mobile decontamination unit that runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, and that mobile decontamination unit uh, sucks in and blows out uh, 10,000 cubic square feet of air per hour. Wow. Um, and it cleans it cleans it with UV light. So it pulls the air in, runs it through a UV light chamber uh, for a chemical-free clean uh, of air um, of up to 99.9% virus and bacteria-free. Um, and that's running all the time. We have 25-foot ceilings. We have a 15,000-square-foot facility with a fully operational HVAC system. You know, so the air in here is pure and it is clean, and, that's, and anybody can do that. That's not hard to do. You know, these, these mobile, we didn't have to look very hard to find, these, these things are on the market already. Um, you know, and the safety protocol we have in place, masks are not necessary. In fact, they're actually a, a hindrance to your ability to work out. So we do leave that as optional. Yeah, it would, it would hamper the oxygen intake, I would think. Uh, yes, and, and yeah. we originally started out by, by requiring masks um, and requiring them when you're not actively working. So... You wear a mask when you're doing your exercise, 
you know, you're performing your set or whatever it is, you're allowed to pull it down. You know, but the reality is, is that the, the, the data is pretty straightforward that sticking a piece of cloth over your face is not going to, uh, to, to stop the passing of a, of, a, of a virus that's infinitely smaller. You know, that's sticking a mask on your face and expecting it to stop uh, coronavirus is like putting up a chain link fence to stop flies from getting through. It's just it's not it's not even remotely workable. Um, so we don't want to put our customers at risk, you know, because we're here. Yeah. We're here to promote health um, and we're going to we're going to we're going to do that on every level. Yeah, it sounds like you've gone up and beyond uh, taking precautionary measures to create a sanitary environment for 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 people to work out. And so so Murphy is uh, making uh, 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 he's not mandated masks. It's, that's a voluntary in that, in New Jersey. Um, we don't have any guidelines. There's there's zero protocol in place for gyms. None. Ah, um, uh -huh. okay. So. Uh, martial arts studios um, are permitted to open. Uh, dance studios and gymnastics studios are permitted to open, uh, and they do not wear a mask indoors. Um, uh, restaurants are allowed to be open, even though those are outdoors. Um, you're allowed to sit at your table without a mask. Um, so there's no protocol in place. So we looked at what the other places that have been uh, graciously allowed to open, uh, and you know, like like you said, you're not going to do jujitsu with a mask on your face. Um, yeah. So in, in that same respect, I'm not going to have somebody running on the treadmill, you know, panting um, with a mask over their face either. Yeah. So this is, it, it, it sounds, it, what, how do you, how do you correct this moving forward, Ian? How do, how do you, uh, how do you get past, how do you get past this, this, this continued lockdown that you're under attack against? Um. You know, we make it to round 12, and round 12 is the Supreme Court. Um, what, we're, what we're fighting for is so much more than opening our gym. Uh, you know, if, if we wanted to, we could have been like everybody else, um, especially our critics. You know, we have a lot of critics, especially in the gym industry, who, who think that the reason that we're still in lockdown is because we open. Um, you know, but these, these are the same people that have been operating the whole time behind closed doors. Mm. Um, and by violating the executive orders quietly. And this wasn't about survival of our business, um, or it was about survival of the business, but that wasn't the only thing that we were interested in. You know, we could have, we could have quietly operated and made enough money to pay our bills, you know, but what, what's really alarming about this situation is the amount of power that government grabs up and gobbles up so quickly and how slow they are to release that power. You know, they're, they're super quick to tell you to go home, do this, do this, do this. They strip you of all these rights, and these are all constitutional rights. You know, you're you are guaranteed certain rights under the Constitution, and those are written in stone. Those are those are non-negotiable rights. You have the right to assembly. You know, you have the right um, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, um, and so on. That that list goes on. What we're seeing here is a gross violation of those rights. So we, our fight is not just about the gym; it's about something bigger. Um, so we're willing, we're willing to go wherever we need to go and however long we need to go to make sure that this doesn't happen again, you know, because the reality of the matter is, is that coronavirus is not something novel and new. Yeah, you know, this might be the, the newest, uh, virus, but the humanity has been dealing with viruses and bacteria and things of the sort since before we even existed. 
Sure. This isn't. This is going to be the first thing that that threatens life. But life can't stop because of that. And you can't just every time something comes around to shelter and stay in place and and put all your faith in the government to do the right thing because they've shown to be incompetent at best. You know, they they, they fumble their way through these relief. They they, they talk about these relief packages and, and all these things. And it's like there's no relief package. You know, there's a two point two trillion dollar stimulus bill. Small businesses did not get the relief that they needed, and they they don't care. Twenty two percent of small businesses have gone under have gone under and gone out of business for good. That's one hundred and thirty thousand in the country by the last count. Meanwhile, big box stores are allowed to operate right. freely with right. very 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 minimal. You know, slap a mask on your face and wipe the front of your cart down, and you can go into a crowded Walmart. It doesn't make sense. And, and when you start to take a look at it, it is politically motivated. These, these big box stores have lobbying groups. They pay taxes, blah, 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 blah. So they don't care about the small businesses because to, to the politicians, we're irrelevant. We don't, we don't donate any money. We don't have that. So they don't care what happens to us. They, 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 might, they might act like they do, but they don't care. They don't care. You know, Murphy, Murphy tells everybody to be patient. You know, just be patient. We're slow and spread. Guy's worth like, like, I don't even know how many millions. He flies around in a helicopter. You know, don't tell me to be patient when it comes to feeding my family. I mean, meanwhile, you go home every night and you, you know, you rest your head, and and I'm sure there's not a worry in your mind. Meanwhile, there's millions of Americans, millions of New Jerseyans who are anxiety-ridden, who are depressed, who are scared, who don't know what tomorrow brings. And you're not putting any any policy that makes sense forward. You're just arbitrarily picking winners and losers, and you're you're governing by this "do as I say, but not as I do" mentality. And that is not that that's not the way this country works. You you guys are not kings and queens. You don't just decree. If you're going to make us do something in the interest of public safety, then prove it first. Show us why. You know, if because remember yeah. they said 2.2 million people would be dead by summer. That was the initial projection. You know, and hmm. and and God bless, God bless anybody who lost somebody frank lost frank my business partner lost his mother to covid so it's something that we take very very seriously and 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 my heart goes out to anybody who's been affected but you can't shut down the world because of that you know that's that's something that happens all the time now if if people were dropping dead in the streets like they said was going to happen and this was going to be some catastrophic event then 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 the situation would be very different but we're talking about a virus with less than a less than a half of a percentage point of a, uh, of a mortality rate. And then we're also talking about a virus that it, it, it's been proven, the science is there, in places that have opened gyms, that mortality rate drops even lower. Sure. To, to like 0.3 of a percent. You know, so the science, the, what the policy they're putting in place does not make sense. And it, because of that, you have to resist it. Because, like I said, it's selfish at best, and, and there's malice behind it at worst. Ian, what do you what do you say to a projected and we're possibly months away from this? What do you say to a projected uh, vaccine mandate? Um, I'm not taking a rushed vaccine. Absolutely not. There's no way. Vaccines normally take take ten years, or, or, or your your average you know uh, drug takes anywhere from five to ten years to uh, to go from pre production uh, to approval. Uh, and you're going to rush it through in, in a couple months? Uh, no thanks. I'm not. I'm not going to take that. Ian, there's a there's an economist. Uh, she's a, a Wharton grad, Pennsylvania, and and also a Yale grad. Her name is Catherine Austin Fitz, and she's saying that 
getting past the virus, what's happening here is something called a reset, an economic reset. Have you looked into the economic ramifications uh, from from the virus? Of course, you've looked at it from your 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 business ownership uh, uh, standpoint. But when you're threading in the big box retailers like you like you have, and they're getting all the benefit, whereas the smaller guy, and even you alluded to it earlier, the middle class, if you will, the middle class is being attacked. And so what you're doing is you're standing up for the, the middle class, you're standing up for the little guy that is the nuts and bolts, that is the thread of the flag, that is the heart of the country, and unfortunately, it's under major attack. Is there something, is there something behind what we see on mainstream, whether it's televised media or computerized media, is there something going on that you feel, let's say, Donald Trump and what more Americans, and I'm using Donald Trump just because he's sitting in the Oval Office right now. I don't know if he's literally is at the moment or not, but is there something else that needs to be done from an economic standpoint to help reinforce this crumbling middle class? Yeah, the country needs to be open fully with, with, with proper safety protocols. And again, that ties back into what we, what we said in the, very, in the very onset of this. And you can go on my social media and you can see the video. It's still there. This was about presenting a plan in which any small business could use to adapt to the new, new circumstances of the world. You know, if, if we're going to have to deal with COVID, let's deal with it. You cannot just shelter in place endlessly. The world right. does not have a pause button. Entire industries are going to collapse. Um, and, and no, I don't think any, I don't, I don't think even the smartest um, economist understands the potential ramifications of an extended shutdown. You right. Know, we, we don't know because we don't know what chips are going to fall where, but I can tell you that chips will fall and the fallout will be catastrophic. And in, and I think, I think that it's it's really really important to remember that and and remember that the the collateral damage from an economic collapse uh, or from even even a, a, a small not a full collapse but you know from from economic destruction that also causes problems you know it seems like we've we, we've developed this one dimensional mind where the only threat in the world is COVID you know right. and it's like. <laughs> there's a lot going on, you know, when we talk about health, you know, going back to public health, people need the gym. There's people who have, Absolutely. there's people who have diabetes, there's people who have, you know, PTSD, there's people who have uh, addiction problems and the list goes on and on and on and on. You know, health is not a one dimensional entity. It doesn't start and begin with COVID. COVID is just one part of a very, very, very complex sort of system that we have to balance if we're talking about public health. And the same thing goes, you know, with, with economics and stuff like that. We can't just, we can't base all of our policies off of COVID. We just can't. It's just, it's not, it, it's the idea that, that 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 should be our, our foundation of, you know, uh, our edge because it is, it, it's permeated everything. Our, our school system, uh, sports, entertainment, uh, social, uh, excuse me, socialization, um, you know, you name it, uh, activities, uh, business, commerce, uh, travel, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane because 
We have to learn to deal with this. And there, there are workable solutions. I mean, we've had eight, over 18,000. After today, we'll have over 19,000 unique visits to our facility. Wow. Not a single case of COVID has been reported. Now, does that mean one won't get reported? No, absolutely. And does that mean you'll have a, does that mean you, you have to have a 0% infection rate? No, obviously not. You know, but we're doing pretty damn well so far with the program that we've put in place. So, so there is a workable solution. And, and it's not shelter in place, wear a mask, don't talk to anybody, don't touch anything, and wait for a vaccine. That is not a public health policy. That is a defensive policy. And if we start relying on that every time a virus or a bacteria comes around, we're going to find ourselves in a lot of trouble. You know, the idea is to get people healthy. Let's start, start talking about health uh, on an individual level first before we start talking about public health because public health starts with the individual. If people aren't fulfilling those responsibilities on their own, then everybody's going to wind up carrying the baggage. But if we start talking – and none of these politicians want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about health. They just want to talk about public health. And public health always is do what I say, do what I say, do what I say. That's not, that's not health. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you, Ian. And, and, and personally, where I'm at, um, my personal feeling is just just as what you've stated, and that uh, a mask does not help me. I've I've been vocal about uh, my personal uh, disapproval of mask mandates. In so much, I'll tell you something quickly. Uh, in so much, uh, a local mayor I confronted at a uh, at a council meeting. That council meeting was adjourned and postponed because the, the people in the uh, crowd were n not wearing masks. And so the council, who were all wearing masks, literally, quote, felt threatened. Uh, I confronted that mayor and I said, hey, look, he was wearing a mask. I said, how do you personally feel? His name is Mark. I said, how do you personally feel? He says, well, I'll tell you what, Ian. If I wasn't an election uh, elected official and trying to uh, appease the governor, uh, I would not be wearing that mask. And my personal feeling, Ian, is, is that more people across this country need to take, take the stand that you are taking and stand up for your conviction and how you feel. Um, otherwise, that's exactly right. Government's going to get stronger and more manipulative, and, uh, and it will just continue to get out of hand. Um, Ian, you've got people working out right now, and by the way, I think that... Uh, I think that working out is healthy and only will increase and boost your immune system, uh, making you uh, less susceptible to likely catching uh, any threat of this of this uh, coronavirus. My personal feeling, but you, you've got people in there right now working out. We are open. Excellent. Sounds great, Ian. Thanks for joining. Discuss your truth. Um, keep pressing forward. You've got support support here from from my angle, and I appreciate you again for joining the program. Thank you so much for having me on. You have a great day. Classy fellow, it sounds like, and he's fighting for your rights. Uh, it, it, frankly, I find it disgusting to uh, to go after a small business, a health club, right? I mean, that term's not used that that term's not used much anymore. It's it's you know it's now gyms. You know, sure, from for gymnasium, but health club seemed like it was like a '70s and an '80s term that was commonly used to identify these places of exercise. Health club people that go there 
are health conscious, conscious, and they're the last people that enjoy being sick. Not like anybody anybody gets sick, but typically in those buildings or arenas where everyone is working out and burning off those toxins, it's probably likely a, a, a more healthy environment, if you will, than going down to your local Subway shop and sitting in and eating a Subway sandwich. Okay? Again, it's my opinion. I'm voicing it. But I think, and you look at what Ian's done. You look at what Ian and his partner has done to purify the air in that facility and take those precautionary measures. I urge you to get behind him and fight. Okay, I'm going to mention a couple websites, and I, and, and, and I cut them off short. I didn't, didn't give him an option to do that. But Attilus Jim Bellmauer, and, and, and that's his Instagram, A-T-I-L-I-S Jim. Just type that in. It'll come up. And you can actually donate to his cause via Linktree. There's a, there's a link there at his, uh, at his Instagram. It's linktr.ee slash... Attilus Jim, and you can uh, you can donate to him. You can order some of his um, you can order some of his merchandise. In fact, I'm gonna buy one of his T-shirts uh, because uh, because folks, uh, we're under fire. We are under attack. Okay, he said he smelled the smoke, and then he saw the fire. And I didn't get into politics with him, but it sounded like he taken up a, a divide, didn't it? Sounded, up, sounded like he'd gone one way or the other. And I'll tell you one thing. I'm looking at what's happening in Portland. I'm looking at what's happening in Chicago. I'm looking at what's happening to the beloved New York, a city that I, that I hold dear to my heart. I love every second of breath that I ever drew in that city. And I look at what's happening. I look at what's happening there. And I am completely beside myself, completely disgusted. And, and again, I don't think there's any coincidence, folks, that Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Washington, D.C., New York, Baltimore, those are all democratically controlled cities. I don't think there's a coincidence. And I would, I would support Ian in saying that Perhaps to strengthen their 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 party, or to or in a tactic to try to take control of the outcome of an election coming up. And again, I can't tell you if Donald Trump is not just another puppet, another political puppet that stands behind the strings of the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations. That stands behind the 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 strings, the puppet strings of the private Federal Reserve Bank that is that is really anti-Constitution. If you take into consideration Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, it gives power of the U.S. Congress to coin money. Uh, how is how is it that the Federal Reserve has is doing that? And then how is it the Federal Reserve claims they have no gold, yet the U.S. Treasury has no gold? Dr. Peter Beter, in the early 70s, after Nixon abolished the gold standard, he said there was no gold in the Fort Knox. Is there gold in Fort Knox? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it, folks. It's likely that, as Dr. Beter said, 
that that gold was sold off to the IMF in Switzerland. There are, there, there are, and I will state from everything I know, and you can go to my website, iantrache.com, and click on the articles tab, and there you'll find publications, various publications that I've uploaded in the past of four years, initially starting with Dr. Anthony Sutton. And Dr. Sutton returned from Miami Beach to, to Palo Alto in 1972 after giving a speech, and he was reprimanded. What he disclosed in that speech were the threats behind that exact hidden banking system. The same thing I addressed with Darlene last hour, in that one out of 45 presidents, that would be a Democrat, Andrew Jackson, left office without a federal debt. He's the only president in the history of this country that has not left the country in debt. The only one. And in fact, he ran his re-election campaign on, quote, kill the bank. Okay, This is nothing new. The hidden manipulation of central banking, this is nothing new to this country. And it's intensifying and coming to a head like it possibly never has before outside of the U.S. Civil War. Take what I say incredibly focused. Take it with a lot of concentration. Let those words mull in your mind. This is how tyranny takes shape. is by holding a small gym owner like Ian Smith in handcuffs and telling him he cannot operate his business because there's a threat of him catching a virus and dying. That is manipulation. That are strands of, of a monopoly. That is tyranny, folks. Get behind Ian Smith, and I'm supporting Darlene Swaffer as well. This has been another discussion of truth. Pardon me. And I will be back momentarily, in just a few moments, bringing on Murtaza Hussein. I hope I pronounced his name right. But it's Murtaza, M-U-R-T-A-Z-A Hussein, from The Intercept. Thanks for tuning in. Ian Trachier for Discussion to Truth, folks. Stand up, do something, act on your convictions, and be awesome.